Slate Plus members, it's survey time, which means it's your chance to tell us what you think about Slate, Slate Podcasts, and Slate Plus. It'll only take a few minutes. You can find it at slate.com slash survey. Hello, Prudy listeners. Danny M. Lavery here, and I'm excited to announce a new live show this spring in my brand new hometown of Brooklyn. We'll have a special guest for a fun and lively conversation dissecting reader questions about relationships, home, work, and more. And I hope I see lots of you there. The show is Thursday, April 23rd at the Bell House. For more information and tickets, go to slate.com slash live. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Jaya Saxena, a writer from New York City who's currently on staff at Eater.com and whose essay collection, Crystal Clear, is forthcoming from Quirk Books this year. And now, here's our first letter. Oh, this next one is devastating. It is very devastating. We've got some heavy hitters here. But I I do think I have something that will be helpful for them. Oh, good. That's good. So the subject is birthday grief. Dear Prudence, my sister lost her husband and her toddler while she was eight months pregnant. She gave birth to her daughter a week after burying them both. It was horrific. I honestly don't think anyone is going to get over this completely. But my niece is almost five now, and she's very sensitive to her mother's moods. Recently, she asked me if her mother wished she, quote, went away so she could have her better daughter back. Mommy is always sad on her birthday, not like the other mommies are. I told her that her mother loves her more than anything. I don't know how to bring this up to my sister. Her in-laws made a failed attempt to get custody of my niece when she was a baby because my sister was hospitalized for suicidal thoughts after the birth. She had postpartum depression on top of burying her family. She checked herself in voluntarily, and her in-laws used that to try to steal her child. My sister is very defensive after that. I think maybe moving my niece's birthday to a different month might be helpful. I don't want to upset my sister, but I'm worried this situation might have long-term damage for my niece. Is there anything I can do? So the last question, is there anything I can do? I think yes. Mm -hmm. Um, With your birthday idea... I think that's sweet, but it's kind of besides the point. Yeah, that seems like a Band-Aid. Yeah, like, I I agree that this situation will probably have mean that there's long-term emotional damage for your niece. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't say that flippantly, but, like, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Her birth was surrounded by trauma and death that has shaped her mother's life irreversibly. Yeah. That will always be true. Yeah. So within that reality, uh, that's not to just say, like, don't worry, she's going to grow up extremely devastated and nothing you can do will help. Right. But just if part of you is thinking, if only we could celebrate her birthday in July, things would be fine. I I just don't think, as you said, I think that's the Band-Aid. No, because, yeah, the point point of this is not that her mother is sad on her birthday. The point of this is that her mother obviously— is continuing to deal with and for a very long time will deal with this horrible trauma and how to communicate what happened 
with this child and then also how to make sure that this child is loved and supported and does not grow up feeling like a burden. Yeah. And and the birthday is not the only chance for that to happen. Yeah. So if I were in the letter writer's position, one thing that I would do, it, it sounds like you already do a lot with both your sister and her child. So mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to suggest like just help out more. But I do think around the time of year that uh, your niece's birthday is coming up and the anniversary of her father and sibling's death mm-hmm. approach, uh, offer to help out a lot, you know? Yeah. Volunteer to babysit, maybe canvas friends and family, get a spreadsheet going of just like, what are days we can bring stuff over or plan something, plan a celebration? How can we uh, as a community step in so that it's not just my sister dealing with this unbelievably painful time on her own? Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. Would- you know, one thing I had I had thought, if the child is almost five now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, that's obviously a time where you do start noticing things. You know, you're not an infant anymore. It's not like you can say whatever you want around a one-year-old and they're never going to remember it. So it's fine. And, you know, I absolutely do not want to make the mother feel any worse. Right. But I wonder if even just talking about this, of being like, your daughter's now getting to an age where she is noticing the emotions and and the things that people say around her yeah. and working with your sister being like how can i help you talk to her about this mm-hmm. how can we as a family um now shift into sort of a different maybe style of parenting or just acknowledging this that is age appropriate for a five-year-old and not yes. a two-year-old. Yes. Because um, this is always going to need to be acknowledged in different ways. And so it just seems like right now there is this natural shift that is happening where everyone sort of has to figure out a different course of action. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think finding a way to bring this up to your sister mm-hmm. in a way that's not accusatory not that you would want it to be like you sound extremely thoughtful and yeah. and, and caring, um, but just to say like I just wanted to share this with you. She asked me um, uh, if you wished that she was gone, and to make it clear, I'm not saying that because I think that you would say that directly to her. But I think she's coming up with questions that she's maybe scared to ask you, mm-hmm. and now that she's asked me, I want us to be able to answer them for her. Yes. Um, and, and to really stress, like, kids often come up with strange reasonings for why someone is sad or upset in the absence of more information. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like, you've been treating your daughter so badly that she thinks this. It's right. truly just kids often try to figure out if something's their fault when yeah. someone's sad. Kids are curious, and they pick up on... <laughs> The way people feel. Yeah. And they they have great imaginations. Yeah. And so I think that, yeah, just trying to work with her to find a way to talk to your niece about this would be really great. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like the relationship with the in-laws is sort of strained at this point. It sounds maybe non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe just inevitable given yeah. what happened. Yeah. Certainly. Um, but, you know, whatever other family is maybe around or anything that can help with this, um, this this really seems like it's got to be an all-hands-on-deck situation. Right. Because there's, you know, presumably there's still your side of the family or mm-hmm. family friends who would be able to help out. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Don't necessarily call up your mother-in-law. Yeah. Like, hey, come, <laughs> come on by and kidnap uh, Melissa. Um, but good luck. That's just 
devastating and, yeah. and hard. And just like, of course, it's always going to be hard. Yeah. In a, in It's always going to be a hard day. It's going to yeah. be a hard week no matter what. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this last one is sweet. And it's a very like parent-focused episode this week, which I think is fine. But this last one is like nice and smaller scale, I think. Yeah. This is very adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want my parents to call me. It's not as bad as the subject makes it sound. I right, right. Um, Dear Prudence, I'm an only child who's largely been able to manage my parents' helicopter instincts in my adult life, and it's something I'm working on in therapy. But I'm hoping you can help me out so I can approach this one specific thing without falling into therapy speech. I have no problem communicating with my parents several times a week via email and text. In fact, I welcome it. They're smart, funny, and supportive. But I find phone calls with them incredibly draining. They both get on speakerphone, and if I'm not especially talkative, I have to reassure them that it's not because I'm sick or anything's wrong. If I say something like, I'm not available much this week to talk on the phone, can we try later? They get worried that I'm too busy and not taking time to relax. Any advice on how to steer them away from these phone calls without making them think it's because I'm terribly ill or depressed or overworked? <laughs> As an only child, I feel you. Go on. <laughs> I think you can just... I don't think that this has to be a planning thing. I think if you text them saying I'm not available this week, they that will start triggering, well, why, what are you up to, what's going on, and, and make them think a bunch of things. I think you can get them on the phone, and then you can say, hi, what's up? You tell each other a story about your week, and then say, hey, I love you so much. I got to run. Great talking to you. I'll talk to you later. And then you can end the phone call. And you you can just end it before it gets draining. And I don't think you necessarily, uh, you know, I think that's the first shot. And if they start asking you, why are you ending the phone calls too soon, then maybe you might have to veer into therapy speech. But I think that's something just a little more upbeat of like, great talking to you. Text you later. Bye. Is a perfectly fine thing to begin with. (laughs) Yeah, I like I also I'm curious to know, you say that you're able to manage your parents' helicopter instincts in your adult life. I am so curious if you have ever used the words helicopter instincts with your parents Mm. or if what you mean is I've developed a thousand different coping strategies for managing their anxieties while also pretending that I'm fine with it. So we've never actually had a conversation about the word helicopter. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And, And again, like you are allowed to decide that you do not need to have a maximally honest, maximally confrontational relationship with your parents. I don't want anyone to come away from this podcast thinking like the only way to like live as an adult in the world is to like call up your parents and be like, mom and dad, you do these eight things wrong. Get it right or get out. (laughs) Um, I I really think it's okay to accept your parents as flawed, limited people and Mm -hmm. to pick your battles. Yeah. That said... I also think sometimes we convince ourselves that because historically our parents have considered themselves our parents and us the child, we could never disagree with them and like survive. Yeah. Or like if they don't agree with me, they win. Mm -hmm. And I, I would like to push back against that idea. So like one thing that's true is you could say, I'm not available for a call this week and they could get really worried and you could just not care. Yeah. 
And I get that that would be really hard, but I think that might be a good therapeutic goal is to say, what if I tell my parents I'm not available for a phone call this week, which is a totally normal and appropriate thing for an adult person to say to their parents. Yeah. And my parents kind of freak out a little. And I just say, actually, I'm great. I just don't have time for a phone call with you this week, but I love you and I'll talk to you soon. And they're like, what? This is unacceptable. This thing's awful and horribly wrong. And you just don't, don't fix that for them. One of the things that... uh I have found very useful with parents and with friends. My general instinct is that anytime someone texts me or calls me, I respond immediately. And I, because I need to make sure that the people know that I care about them by responding immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wind up stressing myself out about this a lot. Yep. And my partner uh, has given me sort of the mantra of anytime anyone does this, going, they're not your girlfriend. And that has been incredibly helpful, you know, if a family member, if a dear friend, uh, you know, people who I do care about, you know, you say your parents are funny and supportive and that you love them. Obviously, this isn't a trying to keep them at arm's length thing. But sometimes if someone sends me 14 texts, I just go, they're not my girlfriend. And I put down my phone for a little bit and I can respond to it later right. and they can do whatever they want in there. And and it is not the end of the world. And thus far, nobody has accused me of being an ungrateful daughter or a terrible friend uh, or anything. And you didn't like find that. out that 19 people thought you were their girlfriend and they're very upset. No, exactly. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah, an amazing consequence if I was suddenly dating my entire friend pool. Um, but yeah, I think that that is a very, you know, in a similar vein of just being like, you do not have to be emotionally responsible for your parents all the time. They are allowed to react how they want um, to your very reasonable request yeah. if I don't have a time for like an hour long speakerphone phone call. Right. But like the idea that because they think something is a reasonable number of times to talk on the phone mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean that they're right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again. You can certainly do the sort of like, oh, uh, we, you know, I'll initiate the phone call, give them seven minutes and then make up an excuse to get off the phone. You can totally do that. Yeah. That's also if you would like a more direct way of actually addressing and dealing with the problem. I, I think it would also be great to say, I love you both so much. It's not that I have no time this week. It's that I don't want to talk on the phone every single week. I love you. I love talking to you. I don't want to talk on the phone every single week. And if they're like, what? Where did we go wrong? What's the matter? Everything's a nightmare. We're falling out of our helicopter. The (laughs) earth is like, you know, flipping topsy-turvy. What are we going to do? You know, you don't have to take that on. You can just say like, I love you guys. I'm I'm down for one or two phone calls a month Mm -hmm. and a couple of texts and emails throughout the week. Yeah. that makes me happy. That strikes me as reasonable. If you have a really tough time with that, I encourage you to, you know, get help with that somewhere. Yeah. But, like, it's not an unreasonable thing to want. Yeah. No, absolutely. And my guess is what you have considered managing your parents' helicopter instincts has maybe a little bit more been just constant emotional maneuvering to mm-hmm. make sure that they're never upset with you or never worried. Yeah. And that they can kind of wield worrying as a way to get what they want. Yeah. So I, I think maybe you can have higher goals for your own life than just managing them. Yeah. And some of that is going to mean because they wield worrying like a weapon, 
the idea of like, but if my parents were worried and disappointed in something that I chose to do, I don't know how I would be okay. That's maybe a sign that you need to start being a little bit more direct about this in therapy and with yourself and with your family. Yeah. And I also just want to shout out that like, obviously, I know any child of parents you know, maybe has to deal with this in a certain way. But as an only child, you know, it's like there's two of them and one of you. There's no sibling that you can gang up on them right. with. There's you have no nobody, buffer. There's no buffer. There's no sort of immediate situation of just being like, oh, mom and dad are like this with me. Are they like this with you? What do you do about right. it? So I get that there is that sense of being outnumbered and feeling like, well, if they both feel that way and I feel a different way, then they've won. Right. Um, and right, it just, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think the idea of like, if they're not being hostile, angry, or mean, then I'm not allowed to object to it. Right. But if every time they talk, if you let the conversation lag for like, two seconds and then all of a sudden they're on your case and demanding that you perform being thrilled and having tons of things to say that's fucking irritating yeah and that's it's perfectly reasonable to object to that so yeah. I, I think sometimes too there can be this sense of like well if they're not yelling at me and calling me names then they must be nice people who i have to placate and they're still being unreasonable and asking too much of you and you are entitled to be upset about it or even frankly a little angry Whoa. I say this as someone who, you know, comes from a family where like, well, no one's yelling. They're just concerned. So obviously I have to fix this problem. Yeah. And it has been very like surprising to sometimes realize like, oh, it was anger. Sometimes <laughs> I was mad and sometimes very unreasonable things were being asked of me. But because it was done so in a very pleasant tone of voice, I didn't realize it. Yeah. And so um, that can be interesting to navigate. Yeah. 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 That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401 371 Dear. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. 